A warning, this episode features dramatizations and discussions of violence. Listener discretion is advised, especially for listeners under 13. Something to note, the story you're about to hear is not a direct retelling of a single myth about Jormungandr. Today's episode combines research from Old Norse and Scandinavian stories for dramatic effect. Welcome to Mythical Monsters, a Spotify original from Parcast. I'm Vanessa Richardson. Each week, I explore mythology's most horrifying beasts, tell their stories, and discover what about them has instilled fear in humankind for centuries. Today's episode is about the old Norse monster Jormungandr, a sea snake whose body is so large it encircles the entire human world. Born from the mischievous god Loki, Jormungandr is one of the fearsome monsters who led the gods of Asgard to fear for the end of their existence, an event they called Ragnarok. You can find more free episodes of Mythical Monsters and other originals from Parcast on Spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts. Coming up, Jormungandr's birth ignites terror amongst the gods. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. The Vikings knew the sea well. It was the expanse their ships crossed to plunder foreign lands, and its bountiful depths were their main source of food. But the sea's formidable power was never truly theirs, for beneath its depths lived a creature that could upend the Vikings' world with a single thrash of his tail. His name was Jormungandr. In Norse mythology, Jormungandr is the son of the trickster spirit Loki and the giantess Angraboda. He's the middle child of a monstrous brood. His elder brother Fenrir is a massive wolf, and his younger sister Hel is goddess of the underworld. 
While his infamous siblings possess a vengeful intelligence, Jormungandr's destructive tendencies are the product of impulse. The colossal serpent is slow-witted, but utterly deadly. Unlike other gods, he cannot be reasoned with. Jormungandr's name means huge monster, and for good reason. His body is so massive that it fully encircles Midgard, the human world of the ancient Norse. But even more unsettling than his size are his deadly fangs, dripping with venom and lodged in a gaping maw large enough to swallow a giant. Some of the earliest lore about Jormungandr is found in the poetic and prose Eddas. The Poetic Edda is a 13th-century collection of poems from unknown Icelandic authors that were thought to be written between 800 and 1100 BCE. The Prose Edda was written by Icelandic author Snorri Sturluson around 1200 BCE. Both Eddas are key resources for understanding the customs of ancient Iceland, particularly the Poetic Edda, which was written before Scandinavia had fully embraced Christianity. Norwegian sociologist Peter A. Munk writes of the Poetic Edda's verses, They belong to the Viking Age, to an era during which the northern peoples maintained the liveliest relations with the outside world. The ancient Vikings' relationship with Jormungandr was certainly lively. The giant serpent symbolized the uncontrollable force of a natural disaster. Inexplicable floods, earthquakes, and storms that were beyond humanity's control were all blamed on Jormungandr's restless movements, and the Vikings' survival depended on the whims of a slumbering snake. But Jormungandr's mere existence was a menace to all of humanity. A power of such magnitude held by such an unpredictable monster was a constant threat. A reminder that the end of the world is possible, and there's not a thing we can do about it. Thor sat in darkness, listening to a woman's voice. Her tone was soothing, but the words she spoke were utterly grim. She said, The sun turns black, earth sinks in the sea, the hot stars down from heaven are whirled, fierce grows the steam and the life-feeding flame, till fire leaps high about heaven itself. She paused her eyes slowly passing over the assembly of gods and goddesses gathered before her, and spoke again. This is no nightmarish story, dear gods. It is your future. It is Ragnarok. Thor, the god of thunder, couldn't help but roll his eyes. The Norn priestesses were so dramatic he tugged on his wild red beard, wishing they were back in Valhalla, drinking mead and poking fun at the whole thing. As the Norns joined hands to chant around Yggdrasil, the world tree, Thor scratched his bicep with boredom and glanced at his father, Odin. The powerful Allfather's face was drawn and gray. His hands shook, which startled Thor. His father was a towering figure, but suddenly he looked very small. Thor realized he had never seen him scared. In a hoarse whisper, Odin asked the Norns to repeat themselves. 
Please, no, thought Thor. The prophecy was depressing enough the first time around, but no one ignores a request from the Allfather, not even Thor. So he bit his lip and bowed his head. Best to get it over with. One of the Norns, Urth, tilted her head, her eyes glowing slightly in the moonlight. She spoke in a voice so calming, one might not understand the gravity of what she said. The father of lies has sired three monsters. Thor flinched. The father of lies was Loki, his uncle. He was already sick of hearing Loki's troublesome name, and now he'd gone and created three ghastly beasts that were fated to end the world. It put a dreadful damper on things. The Norn Verthandi joined her sister to say, expect nothing from them but death. The last Norn, schooled, could not keep her voice as smooth as her sister's. Thor could hear her panic as she proclaimed, Fenrir, Hel, and Jormungandr. Those are the names you will cry when the world ends. Thor gripped his hammer, Mjolnir. His father thought him impulsive and feckless, but that would change if Thor could rid them all of this burdensome prophecy. He turned to Odin confidently and assured him, I will go and slaughter these beasts, father. Pay this vision no mind. Odin whipped around, a fierce expression on his face. We will not needlessly spill the blood of our cousins, even if they would not think twice about spilling yours. Odin sighed and continued, but we will retrieve them. They cannot be left to my brother's influence. Ah, thought Thor, a retrieval mission. Not as glorious as ramming his hammer into a creature's throat, but if it was what Odin wanted, Thor would do it. He boasted, Father, these behemoths will be at your feet by morning. Odin shook his head. This is a delicate operation. I cannot have you barging in there, hammer flying. Thor retorted that he knew more about combat than anyone, but Odin scoffed. The unwise man thinks he knows all while he sits in a sheltered nook. I need intellect for this mission, not brawn. That is why you are ill-suited for it. Thor's stomach plummeted, but he nodded, trying not to look as hurt as he felt. Two days later, Thor stood in the great hall Valhalla. The night before, Odin had sent a supposedly intelligent group of gods to Loki's domain, where they retrieved his monstrous offspring. Thor spent the night pacing his chambers, hoping they'd fail so he could rescue them. But his prayers went unheeded, and now dozens of guards surrounded three horse-sized cages that sat in the hall. He eyed the dents in the cage's sides. It looked like it wasn't quite the stealthy mission Odin had hoped for. The monsters seemed to have put up a fight. They didn't mention that at the celebratory feast Odin had held in the mission's honor. Thor clenched his fist around the mug of mead in his hand, looking around for somewhere to vent his frustrations. 
he spotted a pair of hands reach out to grip the bars of one of the cages. A beautiful woman peered at him, half her face concealed in shadow. Her strawberry blonde hair fell in a curtain over a vibrant blue eye. She leaned out into the light, and the other side of her face emerged to reveal a skull with bits of aged skin hanging from the bone. This had to have been Hel, the youngest of the brood. Thor looked away, unsettled by her ugliness. The closest cage then shook vigorously. From behind the bars, the great snake Jormungandr's scaly tail lashed out at Thor's legs, knocking him over. His mug fell to the ground with a clank. Thor scrambled to his feet, brushing himself off. Snickers were heard around the hall. He covered his embarrassment with a laugh. The serpent, the dumbest of the three. As you can see, all brawn and no brain. Thor winced when he realized he'd just said the same thing that Odin had said about him. He glanced at Odin, but was relieved to see he hadn't noticed. His father was staring at the cages, deep in thought. Thor heard him mutter, I should kill them all, but I cannot just murder my niece and nephews. Thor could never understand Odin's fear of destiny. Did he not have immense power at his disposal? Did Thor himself not have an unbreakable hammer in his hand? They should be bending the future to their whim, not the other way around. Odin ordered Fenrir, the massive wolf, to a dungeon and sent Hel, his half-skeletal sister, to Nivelheim, the world of the dead. That left just one abomination. Jormungandr's tail lashed out from his cage again, narrowly missing Thor. Odin stared at him, exasperated. Why do you not just move? Thor blushed, but his attention was still fixed on Jormungandr. It looked like his tail had grown since it had last knocked him over. Thor and Odin stood at the edge of Bifrost, the rainbow bridge that connected the godly realm of Asgard to the human world of Midgard. Midgard was a speck in the distance below, surrounded by a vast ocean. Jormungandr's cage sat behind them. Odin nodded to Thor. It was time. Thor smiled eagerly. It had been his idea to throw the creature over the bridge while in his cage. He'd be out of sight and trapped in a cage under the sea for eternity. But as Thor approached the beast, he paused. Inside the darkness of the cage, the creature's yellow eyes stared back at him. Jormungandr blinked and hissed curiously. Odin asked, Thor, what's wrong? Do you need help? Thor bristled. No, he did not need help. He was Thor, god of thunder and son to the Allfather Odin. And this creature would die. Thor nearly laughed with joy. This would be the end of the road for the Ragnarok prophecy, all thanks to him. 
Thor grabbed the cage, but his grip was ill-placed and much too forceful. He accidentally knocked a hinge off its track and dented the door. Suddenly, the damaged door pushed outwards as Jormungandr rammed his head against it. Thor moved to hold it in place, but it exploded from its hinges and Jormungandr shot out. His head was enormous and his gray scales glinted in the light, but it was his fangs that drew Thor's eye. They were terrifyingly sharp, dripping with venom and coming straight for Thor. Thor yelped in surprise as the creature lunged at him. His hammer flew, but missed. Jormungandr's jaws opened wide, but he was abruptly yanked away. Thor looked up to see that Odin had Jormungandr by the tail. The Allfather yanked hard and spun in a circle, using the force of his momentum to expel the 50-foot snake over the edge of Bifrost. Thor crept to the edge to watch the writhing serpent fall through the air into the vast ocean far below. When he disappeared, Thor took a deep breath and tentatively asked, celebratory drink? Odin did not answer. Thor studied his father's face, reading his fear. Odin shook his head saying, we have not seen the last of this beast. Thor's stomach flipped. He recalled the Norns' words, the sun turns black, earth sinks in the sea. And he wondered if he had just released their death sentence into the wild. Coming up, Jormungandr rises again. Life can take some unexpected turns. Some things are easily explained, and others, well, not so much. But that's where the series Unexplained Mysteries comes in. Every Tuesday and Thursday on this Spotify original from Parcast, hosts Molly and Richard investigate the greatest mysteries of history and life on Earth. Whether it's the baffling existence of the gelatinous Oakville blobs, the strange forecast which caused the Kentucky meat showers, or the motives of the main known as the Bunny Man, Unexplained Mysteries leaves no stone unturned and no question unasked. If you enjoy the mystifying creatures we cover on this show, you'll definitely want to check out Unexplained Mysteries. You can find new episodes twice weekly or binge their whole catalog, over 150 episodes, whenever you want. Follow Unexplained Mysteries free on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. This episode is brought to you by Anytime Fitness. Forget dark alleys and cemeteries. For some, the gym is the scariest place of all. But it doesn't have to be. With a personalized plan and expert coaching, Anytime Fitness can help make the gym less frightening. Get more for your gym membership than machines. Get personalized support anytime, anywhere. Visit anytimefitness.com to try it for free today. Terms, conditions, and restrictions apply. See website for details. Now, back to the story. Ancient Icelandic author Snorri Sturluson writes of the sea surrounding the human world, 
to cross it would strike most men as impossible. The vast ocean was unconquerable to many, but the Vikings came close. From 1070 to 780 BCE, the seafaring warriors expanded their domain across Europe thanks to their mastery of the water. Renowned author Kevin Crossley Holland writes, Sea power was crucial to the success of the Viking enterprise. The Vikings depended on navigational skills and superb ships, ships which were one of the great practical and artistic achievements of pre-conquest Europe. The Vikings' connection to the ocean supported their belief system. In early Norse religion, boats carried the dead to the afterlife. When a high-ranking Norseman passed, they were buried with their ship to facilitate this journey. But just as the sea sustained the Vikings, it also had the power to take life away in an instant. The ocean's awesome power and unrelenting brutality manifested in the lore surrounding Jormungandr. After Thor accidentally released the beast into the ocean, Jormungandr loomed in its depths, waiting. The Vikings feared that this great serpent could rise up at any moment and swat away their ships with just a flick of his tail. And while the Vikings were mere mortals, Jormungandr was so terrifying that even the gods of Asgard trembled at the thought of him. Thor chewed a leg of mutton clean and flicked it into a massive pile of bones at the bottom of a boat. He belched loudly and dabbed his mouth with his tunic. Then he wondered aloud, I am the god of thunder, yet here I am retrieving a kettle like an errand boy. Would you offend your son like this? Would he not be hurt? Thor waited for a response from the massive giant Hymir, who worked the oars. The grouchy creature glared at Thor, then looked to the pile of bones. He said curtly, My son doesn't care much what I think. Thor nodded, surprised. Then again, the giant's son, Tyr, did seem to be his own man. It was Tyr who told the gods about Hymir's massive kettle, which was supposedly large enough to hold enough ale for a feast with the gods and the giants. Thor wanted to please Odin, so he offered to go find it. Odin had agreed a little too readily, like he wanted him out of the way. Thor enlisted Hymir to help him get the kettle and then planned to race back to his father. But he found the giant to be a good listener, so Thor prolonged his excursion to go on a fishing trip, where he finally poured his heart out. It felt good for Thor to vent. He went on, I'm stronger than anyone he knows. My hammer strikes fear into the hearts of all. I've even taken down giants, no offense. But do you know what Odin said to me once? I need intellect, not just brawn. Thor scoffed, but the words still stung. Hymir answered shortly, Odin has his way and you have yours. Thor was struck by Hymir's simplicity. What he said was true, but that didn't mean Odin couldn't respect him. Thor sighed. Such thoughts made his chest tighten. Hymir stopped rowing. They were at their fishing spot. A fleeting spark of guilt flickered within Thor. 
He'd already eaten Himir out of house and home, and here they were, fishing for more because his stomach still growled. Then again, though Himir was curt, the giant didn't seem to mind his company, unlike Odin. They fished in the shallows of the bay for some time, catching two whales. Himir suggested they head back, but Thor saw a few more whales cresting beyond the bay and grabbed the oars. He cried out, There's more for the taking, friend! Thor started rowing furiously, but he saw Himir's face go pale. His voice trembled as he told Thor to turn around. Thor grinned and asked, What are you afraid of, Himir? A shaking Himir tried to grab the oars, but Thor shoved him off and demanded to know what was wrong. The giant shook as he spoke. A serpent, the greatest beast I have ever seen. He lies dormant in those waters. If we wake him, we will not live to tell the tale. Thor's eyes widened. A great serpent, Jormungandr. It had to be him. Odin had blamed Thor for releasing the beast from his cage. If he could get rid of this pesky monster, then Odin would finally say the words he'd always yearned to hear. Thank you. Not to mention he'd save them all. The serpent's death would mean the Norns were wrong about the end of the world. Thor sighed. Sorry, my friend. We will awaken the snake. Himir, desperate, tried to reason with him, but Thor stood firm. No one would stop him from this victory. Thor rode the boat past the bay. The wind blew stronger there, and the waves were rougher. He grabbed a huge hook from the bottom of the boat and fixed a severed bull's head on its tip. It was to be their bait. He was about to toss it over the side when a frustrated Himir sneered. It seems Odin was right. Intellect is not your strength. Thor glared at the giant and tossed the bull's head into the water. Suddenly, the water went still. The wind stopped. Even the birds went silent. Thor drummed his fingers impatiently on the side of the boat. He hated waiting. Himir, meanwhile, paced about the deck. His voice shook as he insisted, See? The great serpent is not there, or in too deep a sleep. Let us return. Just then, the bait chain pulled taut and the boat heaved to the side. Waves churned around them. Thor grabbed the chain and pulled, digging his heels into the boat. Its floorboards cracked with his weight, and his muscles bulged. Himir screamed at him to stop, but his words were lost in a sudden gust of wind. Thor focused on the water, pouring his strength into the chain. Veins swelled in his neck and forehead. Finally, he saw something. Thor gaped as a small island emerged from the water. Its surface was slick and glistening. Two massive yellow orbs appeared on its sides, and a wide maw split the slick, scaly surface to reveal long, dripping fangs. 
this was no island. Thor was once again standing before Jormungandr. But this beast was unrecognizable compared to the 50-foot snake Odin had tossed into the sea. This, this thing was colossal. Thor's hands shook. What had he gotten himself into? Jormungandr let out a massive, echoing hiss. His eyes landed on Thor, and the hiss became a roar. Thor gulped. The beast recognized him. Himir yelled to cut the line. Thor found himself nodding as his body began to tremble. He'd been foolish to call Jormungandr from the deep. Before anyone could act, Jormungandr lunged, so Thor slung his mighty hammer. It hit Jormungandr's cheek, but it was only a glancing blow. The serpent roared and reared, his head almost reaching the Bifrost high above them. Thor watched in horror as the beast's tail lifted up and flung downwards with a thunderous slap on the water's surface. An immense wave crashed over the boat. The sound of splintering wood filled the air. Himir cried out, we're taking on water. Jormungandr slunk down low, so his eyes were level with the rocking vessel, and opened his cavernous mouth to receive his bounty. Out of the corner of his eye, Thor saw Himir run to the ship's taut fishing chain. The giant's great fist smashed the line as Thor cried out Jormungandr's name and delivered a hard blow with his hammer to the serpent's jaw. Jormungandr flew backwards and fell into the ocean. His massive form disappeared below the turbulent waters. Thor breathed deep, staring at the spot where Jormungandr had been. Maybe he'd conquered the snake. Maybe he'd averted the Norn priestess's prophecy entirely. Then again, the Norns did say the gods would cry out the snake's name, and Thor had done just that. And right before the snake dipped below the surface, Thor could have sworn he saw his feral yellow eyes cast a hungry look up at Asgard. Coming up, Thor and Jormungandr have their final duel. Elevate every morning with Tommy John's Second Skin Underwear. The luxurious support of Second Skin guarantees everything will go smoothly. With over 20 million pairs sold and thousands of five-star reviews, guys love Tommy John. Plus, your most valuable assets are covered with Tommy John's best pair you'll ever wear or its free guarantee. Shop Tommy John's friends and family sale right now and get 25% off site-wide at TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. TommyJohn.com slash Spotify. See site for details. 
Oh, such a clutch pickup, Dave. I was worried we'd bring back the same team. I meant those blackout motorized shades. Blinds.com made it crazy affordable to replace our old blinds. Hard to install? No, it's easy. I installed these and then got some for my mom, too. She talked to a design consultant for free and scheduled a professional measure and install. Hall of Fame son? They're the number one online retailer of custom window coverings in the world. Blinds.com is the GOAT. The GOAT. Go to Blinds.com for up to 45% off. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Now back to the story. After his second encounter with Thor, Jormungandr stayed in the ocean for centuries. He grew and grew until his body reached around the world and he could nibble on the tip of his own tail. It's a striking image. In fact, early versions of it were found in drawings on uplandic runestones from the 11th century. Snakes and serpents were a common fixture in ancient Norse life. According to University of Bergen professor Gro Mont, the Nordic snake is a recurring symbol, both in written records relating ancient myths and in material cultural remains from prehistoric and early historic times. Mont suggests that the function of the snake changed as society changed. At first, they were enigmatic creatures and symbols of great power. But when Christianity took over around the 11th century, the snake became associated with fear and punishment. The poetic Edda, written on the cusp of this shift, manages to embrace both the horror and awesome might of Jormungandr with the phrase, in giant wrath does the serpent writhe, o'er the waves he twists. Soon, Jormungandr would twist over the waves as he joined his fearsome siblings and returned to Asgard. There, they would bring about the fated battle between the gods, Ragnarok. Thor stared at the ocean waves churning beneath Asgard. The wind whipped at his hair, and snow pummeled his eyes. He was standing by the fortress of the gods at the edge of the field called Vigrither, but he preferred to keep his eyes on the sea. Because Vigrither was filled with horrors, an army of giants and the undead stalked across the field behind him. The corpses lurched erratically, while the giants crossed the expanse with massive strides. They were all headed straight for Thor and the other Aesir gods as they waited by their fortress, ready to charge. The dead belonged to Hel. Loki's monstrous daughter, who was banished by Odin. Yet here she was, as the Norns had foretold, ready to inflict destruction. Thor wondered bitterly if Odin still did not think they should spill their cousin's blood. In recent years, the gods of Asgard had seen their worst fears come true. Three unrelenting winters passed, and they heard the sinister crowing of the three roosters of the apocalypse. Then the dead arrived. It was all as the Norns had foretold. Ragnarok was at hand. The god Heimdall blew a lingering note with his horn. It rattled Thor's ribcage and made his heart beat faster. He looked again down to the ocean. Ever since his confrontation with Jormungandr, the creature haunted his dreams. The sea now symbolized his failure 
and his cowardice. It was the second time Jormungandr had gotten the best of him, and according to the Norns, it wouldn't be long before Thor would meet the sea beast again. Thor turned to Odin, who sat solemnly atop his steed Sleipnir in front of the Aesir. A growl ripped through the air. Thor flinched, expecting Loki's other son, the giant wolf Fenrir, to leap upon them at any moment. But the growl came from one of Odin's two wolves, Freki and Geri, who paced about at his feet. As the evil army approached, Thor wished his father would just look at him. A simple glance or a smile would tell him that Odin was glad he was at his side during the end of days. But Odin barely seemed to know he was there. Instead, the Allfather screamed a battle cry and they flew forward into war. Thor threw himself into chaos, swinging Mjolnir at every beast that crossed his path. He reveled in the strength of his tireless muscles and his trusty hammer that easily knocked back his foes. Thor smiled. It felt good to fight again, and it was so easy. The Aesir were triumphing against the fragile corpses and buffoonish giants. Maybe the Norns were wrong, and this was just another battle. Then a loud hiss made Thor freeze. His face went pale, and a cold sweat dampened his tunic. He slowly turned. A massive tower of scales stretched up far into the sky. From high above, luminous yellow eyes peered down at the battlefield. Jormungandr was back. The serpent roared, not yet noticing the god of thunder miles below him. Thor's eyes flicked down, and he saw that the serpent's reckless, thrashing tail extended all the way down from Asgard to the ocean. He was gargantuan now. A loud crack echoed from beneath them as his tail smashed into Midgard. The realm of the humans buckled from Jormungandr's weight, and tsunami waves engulfed its surface. Jormungandr was destroying the entire world. But the serpent didn't notice. He snapped his jaws, dripping venom that burned holes in the earth wherever it landed. Thor jumped out of the way, but yelped in pain as venom splashed onto his leg. He looked down at the steaming wound, watching as the poison ate through his flesh. A voice called out. He turned to see Odin looking up at the snake with fear. Jormungandr's lumbrous head snapped toward the Allfather, its mouth open. With a panicked yell, Thor sprinted toward Odin, launching himself into the air despite the searing pain in his leg. He swung his hammer with all his might, ready to defend his father. Mjolnir smashed into one of Jormungandr's fangs, shattering it. Poison spewed out in an uncontrollable burst. 
Thor threw himself onto Odin to shield him against the torrent, a chorus of screams rose from the battlefield as the venom fell upon the fighters like acid rain. Thor's wails joined them as his flesh melted. He staggered to his feet, feeling the skin bubbling on his back. He stared down at his terrified father and gasped. We are more than a prophecy, and I am more than brawn. With a cry, Thor staggered forward as fast as he could. His legs were raw, and his senses were consumed with searing pain. He glanced down at his thighs to see his muscles popped through the skin, slick and sinewy. Thor screamed in agony as he threw himself onto Jormungandr's side. Thor laid on Jormungandr's back for a moment to catch his breath. Far below, he saw the battle continuing with fervor. Screams filled the air, and flashes of lightning shot through the sky as Odin called upon the elements to help him. Thor watched his father, remembering Odin's words. The unwise man thinks he knows all while he sits in a sheltered nook. Thor realized the words made no sense, at least not to him. But maybe that didn't matter. Maybe all they meant was that Odin was trying to keep Thor safe. And now, Thor knew he had to do the same for his father. His jaw clenched, sending a wave of pain through his damaged face. A drop of his liquefied skin dripped onto Jormungandr's scales. But finally, Thor stood and began to run. He sprinted up the spinal runway of Jormungandr's back, leaping over mountainous vertebrae to distract the snake before it attacked Odin. Thor's vision blurred, his wounds throbbed, he was almost there, just a bit longer. But when Thor stepped onto Jormungandr's neck, the creature whipped around. Thor launched into the air, his hammer raised, and swung with all his might. Mjolnir connected with the serpent's throat, rupturing it upon impact. Flesh and venom fell down to Asgard in a waterfall, and Thor dropped along with it. As he fell, he watched Jormungandr's corpse waver in the air before plunging after him. As he fell, he couldn't help but wonder if this was how the serpent had felt when he was tossed from the heights of Bifrost. Thor landed in a mess of dirt and entrails. Jormungandr's body crashed into the battlefield next to him, causing Asgard to shake violently. Thor crawled, managing to haul himself to his feet. His body was riddled with poison, and his breath was shallow. But his heart soared. He had killed the beast. His eyes swept the field, looking for his father. But all he could see were the fighting shadows of the damned. A figure stepped before him, Odin. 
Asgard was a blur now, but Thor could see his father's sad eyes locked onto his. Thor's mangled face stretched into a smile, and he sank to his knees. Odin reached out and tenderly placed a hand on Thor's head. With a sad smile, he uttered, Thank you, my son. It was all Thor ever wanted to hear, and with Odin's thanks, Thor finally slumped forward and moved no more, joining Jormungandr in his endless sleep. The apocalyptic prophecy of Ragnarok and the return of Jormungandr loomed over the Aesir gods after it was foretold by the Norns. It ruled their every thought and dictated their every choice. It's possible that the fear of Ragnarok was inspired by real environmental upheaval in the mortal world. There were surely moments where the Norse feared the earth had turned against them. The ancient runestone that is thought to refer to Ragnarok the Rookstone also features a series of etched inscriptions about events that happened 300 years prior. Researchers suggest that the runes speak of a climate crisis that destroyed the region between 536 and 550 CE. Volcanic eruptions obstructed the sun, plunging the Scandinavian peninsula into a cold snap that decimated their crops and caused a famine. Perhaps Jormungandr represented just one of many natural disasters that could wipe out the ancient Norse. The image of the world encircled by a snake eating itself speaks to the natural order and the eternal cycle of life and death. To the Vikings, death was already preordained, and yet they were still fierce fighters and conquerors. They knew how they were going to die, but until death claimed them, they shaped their own fate until the very last moment. Thanks for listening to Mythical Monsters. We'll be back next week with a new episode. You can find all episodes of Mythical Monsters and all other originals from Parcast for free on Spotify. And don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Parcast and Twitter at Parcast Network. I'll see you next time. Mythical Monsters is a Spotify original from Parcast. It is executive produced by Max Cutler, sound designed by Brian Golub, with production assistance by Ron Shapiro, Carly Madden, and Aaron Larson. This episode of Mythical Monsters was written by Kate Murdoch, with writing assistance by Alex Garland. I'm Vanessa Richardson.